All right, here we go. Sunday, February 6th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. Flyers will be back at it coming up in a couple of days. League will get back underway tomorrow. Flyers will be back Wednesday to take on the Detroit Red Wings, the first of a home-and-home to kick off the post-All-Star break schedules. I break out my trusty paper version of the schedule. It's Detroit Wednesday night at Wells Fargo, 7 o'clock, then Saturday in Detroit at noon, and then they'll be on the road in Pittsburgh on Tuesday, February 17th, and then the eight-game homestand. Four games in the month of March on that eight-game homestand, Washington, Carolina, St. Louis, Washington, and then the four games to kick off the month of March, Edmonton, Minnesota, Chicago, and Vegas, all at Wells Fargo Center. A career, or excuse me, not a career high, a franchise high, eight-game homestand, uh, pretty much pretty close to right after they come back here this week. Now, obviously, all-star game yesterday. Claude Drew fared decently in the skills competition, uh, didn't win his category of the uh, skill shot, the fountain shot or whatever you call it, out there uh, in Vegas. But in the game, Claude Drew, in his seventh All-Star game, did manage to pick up MVP honors as the Metropolitan Division All-Stars were able to take home the hardware, take home the check. Each player gets $91,000, not a bad payday. And Claude Giroux also picked up a new Honda vehicle as well. Four points in total for Claude Giroux, a goal and an assist in the first game, which got them to the final. He also had eight shots on goal in that first game. Uh, he's been shooting a lot more this year. We've talked about that here on Flyers Daily quite a bit. And in the second game, in the championship game, uh, another two goals for Claude Giroux and pretty spectacular ones as well. Uh, very good in the game and uh, captain the team and led them to a win, and they collect the money, and he gets the All-Star Game honors as being the most valuable player. So I thought in this episode, it would be a good opportunity to kind of look at Claude Giroux and realize what we've had with Claude Giroux. Because, you know, coming up is the trade deadline in about six weeks' time, coming up on March 21st, and Claude Giroux's on an expiring contract. And we all know that the Flyers are not going to the postseason and that he will fetch you a nice return. You know, I'm not a big trade for a rental at the deadline kind of guy. Like, I don't see that it works a whole heck of a lot for a lot of teams because a lot of times the players that are getting moved aren't that substantial. You can look through history and you can look all the way back to the Islanders and Bobby Nystrom. That, it worked. But it's very rare that you see that addition really pay the huge dividend. Now, a player of Claude Giroux's caliber, caliber, where he is now, and what he can provide you because he checks so many boxes, he can play wing, he can play center, he can play power play, he can play penalty kill. He's one of the top three face-off men in the NHL, so in a D-zone draw in a key situation, he can be your guy on the ice. Same thing in the offensive zone, in a key spot in a game. He can win you that face-off that you need to win, whether it's on a power play or just a regular five-on-five situation, whatever it might be. And then the competitive part, and we know how competitive he is, and the fact that his game has very little slowdown to it. He's been the best flyer from the drop of the puck this season to this moment, and he's a guy that you know every team that is looking for, you know, some additional help come the end of the year and through a playoff run would relish having. Now, 
his salary is over $8 million, and not a lot of teams can fit that, even prorated for, say, a month from now. But the Flyers can retain up to 50% of that salary, and by retaining that, they can also take on a contract of a player that is roughly around $4 million. So it could end up being you know, a, basically a salary wash for the for a team if they have a player that they feel like they don't need or that you know Claude Giroux come in, comes in and replaces plus and you get Giroux and it, it could really kind of enhance the return in any trade that you do for Giroux. If you involve a third team uh, with money moving, there's all different elements to this. But Claude Giroux's been with the Flyers for a very long time. He's knocking on the door of um, a thousand games in the NHL. Obviously, all played for by, with the Philadelphia Flyers, and we don't know a couple of things. There's a couple of unknown variables to this equation. A, we don't know with any level of certainty that Claude Giroux has decided, will decide, or how he will decide to waive his no-move clause. He has a full no-move clause. Uh, he can waive it and say, hey, these two teams I'd be fine going to, but then can they consummate a deal with those two teams? You know, is it going to be a situation where he goes, hey, these five teams are the teams I would agree to go to? So there's a lot of variables here. And it's his right, by the way, to say, hey, I don't want to go. I want to remain a flyer for the remainder of my career. And some people may look at that and they go, well, he must not really want to win if he wants to stay here. But look, when you've played 985 regular season games for one team and you've been the player and the contributor that Claude Giroux has been, you've earned the right to make that decision. And I think we all would need to, you know, look at that decision and respect it. Whatever he does, I'll respect it. <clears throat> now, he's not a player that I'm looking forward to him leaving because of the production that he has put up in his career. I mean, you're looking at 985 regular season games, 288 goals, 605 assists, second in the franchise in points at 893. I mean, he's a guy that has done just about everything he can do. He doesn't have a cup, but he does have some really good playoff performances, not of late, but I mean, when you look at his entire career, his playoff performances have been very good. And really since he's been, you know, kind of hit his stride as an NHLer, you know, it comes in from the Gatineau Olympics. And in his first year, he just plays two games in the 07-08 season. And then the following season, the 08-09 season, he played 42, was called up in December, called up for good, finished with 27 points. So good you know, as a full-time NHL player for the second half of that season, good numbers, 27 points. It's obviously about a 52-goal pace or 52-53-point pace. And then you look at the next year, plays his first full season, 2009-10. That's when the Flyers obviously go to the Cup. He gets 16 goals that year, 31 assists, 47 points in 82 games. He's already starting to show you his durability as well. And then the next year, though, after they go to the Cup Final, in 2010-11 is really when he hits his stride. 82 games played in that 2010-11 season, 76 points, 25 of them goals, uh, 51 assists. 
77 games the next year, 28 goals, 65 points, 93 points. The next year is the lockout shortened season. His first is the captain where he's been now for 700 games, 48 games played that season, 48 points, 13 goals, 35 assists. Next year, 82 games played, 86 points. 81 games played in the 2014-15 season, 73 points. Then there's a bit of a decline here. 78 uh, games played in 15-16, 67 points. And then he had the surgery that offseason, the double core surgery, which really affected his game. Never really got comfortable in his skating and being able to open up the core of his body. I remember talking to him about it quite a bit. And 82 games played that year, 14 goals, 44 assists, and 58 points. And people at 29 years of age are wondering, are his best days way behind him? And if there's anything we've learned about Claude is that, you know, he, he's a bit of an underdog going all the way back to his draft year. He wasn't projected to be taken 22nd overall. He was projected more in the 30s, mid-30s, second round. Uh, the Flyers grabbed him at 22nd. And then that year after the 58-point year, and you saw three years of declining numbers from 86 to 73 to 67 to 58 points, then that next year he comes back at the age of 30 in 82 games, has 34 goals, a career high, 68 assists, a career high, 102 points, a plus 28. 102 points was a finalist for the Hart Trophy. And then, boom, the season after that, to prove it wasn't a fluke, 82 more games, 22 goals, 63 assists, 85 points, more than a point-per-game player. Then the lockout-shortened season, 69 games played, 53 points, but he was asked to play a much different role at that point. And uh, then last year in the 54 games that he played, he missed two because of COVID, 43 points, and this year through 42 games, 35 points. So if you take this year out of the equation, he's got 35 points. I mean, it's not far off from being a point-per-game player. But from the 2010, when he became that full-time player in the 76-point season, through last season, where he had 43 points in 54 games, he played at 817 games, 248 goals, 536 assists, and 784 points. Now, if you want to take last year out of the equation and the 2020-21 season— and make it up to 2019-20, and just look at the decade. So 2010 through 2020, those 10 seasons, Claude Giroux, 763 games played, 741 points. And a guy that misses very few games, 219 power play points, 42 game-winning goals, nine shorthanded goals. Uh, I mean, there's a lot that he has accomplished. And I know that, you know, some you know the knock on Giroux, is, yeah, good player, but hasn't gotten it done at playoff time. Okay, I get it. Absolutely. Early in his career, well, his playoff numbers in total. Eight years, he's made the playoffs as a player in the National Hockey League, going back to the 08-09 season, and then obviously 10, uh, and all the other years. 85 games played, 25 goals, 48 assists, 73 points. It's about where he is for his career, point per game average-wise. But in those first bunch of years, so if you look at the, so we'll go back to the 2008-9 season, his first playoff experience, and when he had that six games played, two goals, three assists, five points. But prior to that, so the, the next four years along with that first year, so from 08-09 to 2013-14, Claude Giroux played in 57 playoff games. He had 23 goals, 
38 assists, 61 points. You're not talking about a small sample size. And then the 2015, 2015-16 playoffs, the 2017-18 playoffs, and then 2019-20, which was the bubble, uh, his numbers obviously haven't been nearly commensurate with what we're used to seeing from Claude Giroux. So when you look at that, I mean, in the last three years, he's played in, so 12 and 18, 28 games with a total amount of 11, 12 points. So not producing at nearly the same clip. Now, obviously, the team wasn't as good, and the focus is on stopping him, and that's what playoff hockey's about. But all said and done, he's been a great flyer. He really has been a great flyer. And kind of, you know, I, I almost think that flyer fans, that if you go down to the game coming up on Wednesday night when they play Detroit, because if he decides to waive the no-move clause and he is traded, you're not going to get fair warning. Yeah, we'll get some reports that his name's out there and blah, blah, blah. But you're not going to get a lot of fair warning. So you want to show this guy the appreciation that he deserves. So when they go there on Wednesday, and I imagine the Flyers will do some sort of ceremony or something because he got the All-Star Game MVP, the man deserves a standing ovation. He's done his part. And I hope that people, when they go down there, coming up on Wednesday, will give him his due. Because going back to all the years that I worked in radio and doing talk shows, and I know that terrestrial radio and sports talk radio in Philadelphia doesn't talk hockey nearly enough. It's one of the reasons I don't do it anymore. I, can't, I couldn't stand that it ignored it so much. But with that being said, when they put together those lists of the top five greatest active Philly athletes, and he'd get overlooked time and time again. And I'm going, you got to be kidding me. Like, this guy's numbers over a decade, second in scoring in the NHL over a decade. It's not like it's a season or two. It's just a lack of education for some people to think that he's part of the problem. He's never been part of the problem. What the problem has been has been the lacking of what is around him. Hockey is a team sport. It takes a team to win. I get these messages from a guy on social media all the time. And he's he must be young. <laughs> but he, he's talking to me at one point about the Flyers made a huge mistake not getting Evander Kane. The Flyers this offseason are going to go out and get Patrick Kane and all these guys, and they're going to win a cup and blah, blah, blah. So he sent this message to me. And his name's Matt. He said, Flyers would have won a cup by now if they signed Panarin like everyone wanted instead of giving Hayes $50 million. Well, yeah, you're right. I don't know that you're right that they would have won a cup because Artemi Panarin hasn't won a cup where he went. So that's that, that's a huge assumption that the Flyers would have won a cup if Panarin came here, number one. Number two, the, the notion... If they signed Panarin like everyone wanted, instead of giving Hayes $50 million, do you think, I mean, if they had any shot at Artemi Panarin, they would have gone after him. Artemi Panarin made it incredibly clear. He was not even worth having a conversation with unless you played your games inside Madison Square Garden. So this notion that 
And this mentality of Flyers would have won a cup if they signed Panarin, like everyone wanted. You know, I wanted them to draft Connor McDavid, but he was taken number one overall. So I just told him, I said, you can't be this out of touch. You do know he wanted to play for the Rangers and the Rangers only. I love Panarin. Undrafted player. Great player. But you need a team to win. And they have not had that. And they have not surrounded Claude Giroux with the right pieces to be able to win it. But if he leaves, it's his decision, and I'll respect it. I think it'll suck when he leaves. Look, he's a guy that, as long as I've been doing the job on pregame, intermission, postgame, all that stuff, we basically started the same year. And I've got to know him a little bit, and I know him as a fiercely competitive guy, sometimes probably to his detriment because he puts a lot of pressure on himself. He's not a guy that goes out there and just skates around people because he's a great gifted skater. He's an average skater. His assets are his mind and his ability to use his hands to distribute and make plays that his creative mind comes up with. I mean, if you look back to his scouting reports, here's the assets from his scouting reports in his draft year when he was playing junior for the Olympique, formerly the Hull Olympique, now the Gatineau Olympique. His assets were, has electric moves, outstanding offensive creativity and smarts, as well as plenty of finishing skills, is at his best with the puck on a stick, has amazing hands, which he uses to lay soft passes on line mate sticks, can play both center and wing, dominates on special teams. I mean, if that's not like a synopsis of his career, this is pre-draft, by the way, from the Hockey News. That's a synopsis of his career. The flaws? Doesn't shoot the puck instinctively, so he tends to pass up quality scoring chances from time to time. Lacks ideal size to win corner battles at the highest level, but is extremely courageous and resilient and physical play doesn't bother him. Will turn the puck over since he has it so often. His career potential? Elite playmaker with game-changing acumen. I mean, this is... Yeah, I mean, he's the guy that would... It was always preferring to shoot the... Or to set teammates up rather than shoot it. And probably has sometimes done it too many times. I mean, it is amazing when you look at the assets and the flaws from his draft year and and what he ended up doing as an NHLer and is still doing as an NHLer. So congratulations to the captain. El Capitan, congratulations on an all-star game MVP. That's going to put a wrap on this episode. Bill Meltzer tomorrow on a brand new episode of Flyers. Day. I will walk.